Let's uh, take our Bibles and turn to Deuteronomy chapter number 2. Take our morning uh, message from there. It's good to be in church today. I was, uh, I was thinking a little earlier, uh, 17 hours ago, uh, my home church in Brisbane had Sunday morning service, 17 hours ago. And then I was thinking 14 hours ago, uh, our church in Thailand had their Sunday morning service and, uh, and we are now having Sunday morning service. He said, why were you thinking that? Well, I was thinking that, you know, once a week on this uh, first day of the week, uh, something good happens for God where God's people all over the world uh, start praising him like that and they start talking about him and they start saying uh, good things to him. And, and even if the whole world is, well, most of the world is sort of got a grudge against God and, and you know, hates God and, 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 and doesn't regard Jesus, but God still has his own who will, uh, who will not be silent, but will use this to sing unto him things that he's worthy to hear. And uh, we'll use this to speak forth his book. And uh, God has his own. And uh, and that starts, if you can imagine, it's like a rolling wave. It just starts. And it, it starts moving around the world. And and uh, that that worship, that incense is going up to heaven. And, and it just starts a rolling wave. And, and it's really important that we fulfill our hour. It's really important that we don't drop the ball, that, that we're not absent uh, when we should be present and, uh, and that we do our part and we render to him the praise and the recognition that he's worthy of and, and deserving of. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be a Christian this morning. Uh, I was not always a Christian, but I'm glad to be one. Uh, I, I, I think God is just good, good, good. In every way, he's, he's kind, uh, he's wonderful. Uh, I, I feel honoured to talk of the King, and and I know who that is, and he's worthy of that title, and uh, it's a blessing. And I, I hope uh, don't ever lose the wonder of Jesus. Don't 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 ever don't trade uh, religion for the reality of God. Uh, don't don't get caught where uh, it doesn't mean anything to you anymore. That would be an awful place to get at. Uh, he's worthy, and he's wonderful, and it's a blessing, and I'm glad to be saved. Uh, most of my family, I'm sad to say, are, are not Christian, and they don't know the Lord. Uh, you know, I made in Sunday school a comment that they're now, you know, they're saying, oh, well, we're going to colonize Mars. And uh, I saw someone put a you know, everybody, everybody's a commentator nowadays. There's a, there's a forum for everybody to say something. Uh, before, it didn't matter what you said, no one listened, uh, because you didn't have any credibility. But now even people who don't have credibility can comment about what they will. And, uh, one, one little comment was there about the colony on Mars. They said, uh, can we make sure that it has no religion up there? And, uh, you know, they just, it's just, you know what that does? It just reveals a heart of how people think. And uh, there's, uh, there's God haters. They hate God because they will, they, 
they refuse to recognize his authority over their life. And that leads to a certain conclusion, uh, but I'm just, I'm glad to be saved. I, I have no regrets about, about serving the Lord. Uh, I'm glad for it all. He's just, he's just wonderful in every way. And, uh, he's good. And even the bad days and the hard days, he's still good. He's still God. And it's just a blessing. You say you're just sort of ranting. I sort of am, but I really mean it. And, uh, I just, just, I really mean it. It's good to be in church. Good to be here. You know, when I come back here, it's all sort of comes back to me. The smell of the carpet and, and, uh, the pew here. And, uh, when no one was looking, Brother Fisher doesn't know, but I etched my name in the wood of the pulpit down there. <laughs> And uh, so, so you know, I just sort of feel at home here. It's a blessing. Uh, so many good things have happened in this church over the years. And if you're new coming in, you know, welcome. You know, come on in. The water's fine. And we're glad that you're here. It's a blessing to be part of this local church. And, and uh, just uh, a lot of good things have happened here. Deuteronomy chapter 2 is where we take our message from. Uh, I'm going to read a number of verses, and then I think mostly we'll probably just stay here. Uh, I hope this morning there'll be a uh, a truth that will uh, help you. It was a blessing to see the children this morning. Uh, I've never seen the side doors of the church opened up before uh, like that to uh, bring people in. Was, and I was looking at the kids, and I was just rejoicing that their childhood looks like it's a whole lot better than how mine was. And many of you would say amen to that, that you would not want them to maybe go through some of the things that you yourself went through, and we not want to be disparaging of anybody, but uh, isn't it good? It, it affirms the biblical truth to be with Christ, which is far better. And uh, for them to, to have Christ, they have something uh, far better. Deuteronomy chapter 2, we'll start reading from verse number 1. Read the text, and I'll attempt to... Uh, you know, just explain it and hopefully give something that might be helpful to you. Uh, then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spake unto me, and we compassed Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, You've compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. And command thou the people, saying, Ye are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir, and they shall be afraid of you. Take ye good heed unto yourselves, therefore meddle not with them, for I will not give you of their land. No, not so much as a foot breath, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession. You shall buy meat of them for money that you may eat, and you shall also buy water of them for money that you may drink. For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness these forty years. The Lord thy God hath been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. And when we passed by from our brethren, the children of Esau, which dwelt in Seir, through the way of the plain from Elath and from Ezon-Gabbah, we turned and passed by the way of the wilderness of Moab. And the Lord said unto me, Distress not the Moabites, 
neither contend with them in battle, for I will not give thee of their land for a possession. For I have given Ah unto the children of Lot for a possession. Well, let's pray. Father, as our head is bowed before you, uh, signifying that our heart is bowed before you. We ask for your movement amongst us this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would now teach us from the word of God and help us to learn the things of you that you would have us to learn. Bless each one here today, Lord. If there be any today, Lord, that maybe they know of you, but you do not know them as your own child, then I pray you would draw them to yourself. I pray that you would encourage us and help us. And Lord, help me, please. I I want to be a blessing. And I ask you, I, I'm reliant on you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying very sincerely with me. I could feel that. Uh, before, before the devil ever gets you to take hold of something that you're not supposed to take hold of or that is not good for you uh, or, uh, you know, it's a trick. Before he ever gets you to take hold of something, uh, what he has to do first is to get you to let go of what you presently hold. So before he can get you to take this thing, he has to get you to let go of this thing so you will take that thing. And one of the things he does in getting you to to let go of what you're supposed to hold on to and take something you're not supposed to take is he starts a process, and I say a process because it, it's a time thing. He starts a process of devaluing what you presently hold. So whatever whatever that pertains to, that is his way. So if he wants you to take another woman that you're not supposed to take, he first will begin to devalue in your eyes your own wife. And, uh, and you'll begin slowly to think, well, she's not this. Or, uh, you know, why is she like that? And it's very slow, but the idea is that, is that you will begin to devalue what you have, what God has given you. And, and once you have completely devalued that and you no longer see the worth in that, then, then you're very open to taking hold of something else. Does that make sense? And, uh, and he does that. He certainly did that with uh, the Word of God. Some people got tricked that way. He began to say, well, you know, there's this here, and this, this couldn't be right, and, and, uh, and, 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 and got them to the place where they no longer valued the Word of God, and uh, they took hold of uh, other, other writings that really were not the Word of God. And, and that's just a principle that, that he, he tends to, to work by. And maybe just remember that. As, uh, as we look at this here, uh, the story is that no, uh, Moses is recalling uh, what had happened to them, and uh, they had they had not taken what God had wanted them to take. Uh, Kadesh Barnea, when God said, uh, "You know, go and take this this land that I want you to have," uh, they had they had failed at that hour, and it was a failure of faith, and it was a failure, perhaps, of other things. 
But uh, nonetheless, it was done. And uh, so now they had to begin a journey again. And uh, so now you have this great, uh, great company of people who, remember, have, have already left Egypt. They're out of Egypt. They're not there anymore. And uh, they've come out of Egypt, and God is directing them. He's telling them which way they need to go. And uh, as they start their journey, uh, God says, I'm going to lead you this way. And, uh, and as, you, as, you, uh, as you go this way, uh, you're, going to, you're going to come across uh, the children of Esau. You're going to come to another land that is already inhabited by the children of Esau, the descendants of Esau. And uh, God warns them, and God says, don't, don't meddle with that. Don't, don't try and take that land. Don't do that. Uh, in fact, if you try, I won't give it, I won't give it to you. I won't give you one foot of it. I, I'm not going to give you that because I've already given that to them. And, uh, and then a little bit further on, uh, they would come to another place of land. And it would be uh, where the descendants of Lot, the Moabites, were. And uh, again, God said, uh, "Don't, don't distress them. Leave it alone. Move on. But I won't give you that land because that's that's theirs. I've already given it to them. And it, it's a it's a curious thing. And you say, why did why did you think God had to say that to them? Well, you know, can you imagine that they had? They had failed to possess their own land. So God did have a portion set aside for them, a good, a good portion, a blessed portion. And, and, and we will, we will, uh, we'll, we'll revisit that at the end of the message. But, uh, but now they're passing through these other lands and, uh, and there would have been the temptation to say, well, we'll just take this. You know, just, we'll just, we'll just take this. And, and uh, God said, don't, don't do that. And it's, it's amazing to me that God is uh, protective uh, of both uh, the descendants of Esau and the descendants of Moab, that God would uh, warn his own, don't, don't meddle with them and don't distress them. Uh, and in fact, he said about the descendants of Esau, they'll be afraid of you already. Isn't that, sort of, isn't that a little bit insightful to God? You kind of think, God, what, you even care about that? You know, like that's, you know, what is that? And, and it's, it's, it's amazing to think that, uh, that God can be doing things with a people that we don't always understand, but the lesson here is don't meddle with it. God, 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 I don't, you say, what was God doing with the descendants of Esau? Well, I don't fully know, but, I know this, the, the children of Israel are in the land of Egypt 430 years. And, uh, and so after all that time, uh, they come out only to discover uh, for all those hundreds and hundreds of years, there's been a whole lot of the descendants of Esau in this place, living life, doing what they're doing. And really no one knew, no one thought about it or, or it just wasn't on the radar. And it's like, well, well, what is that about? And, and you don't, God doesn't tell you, but just says, don't meddle with it. Just leave it alone. And it shows me that God is often at work in places that I don't even understand. You know, we sometimes think we have on our radar 
all that's happening with Christianity in the world. And it's a, it's a little bit, but we, we can think that. We can think we know about what God is doing in any given place. And if we don't know about it, well, then God mustn't be doing anything there. But, but there are things that are nothing to do with us that God can be doing something. And the lesson is for us, don't meddle with it. You already on your way somewhere. You're already walking in the will of God, going to where you need to go to. You're following God's directions. And you don't need to meddle or play with that. That And, and you don't even need to get into it. God is big enough to, to do whatever he's doing through uh, Esau and Esau's descendants or whatever reason God has to to be protective and to bless the descendants of Esau, the, the fleshly man, whatever God is doing there, that's that's God and them. But it's nothing to do with us. And just leave it alone and just don't meddle with it and... And we got to Nakansawan and we found out there was this little Pentecostal group of believers meeting on the other side of town we didn't, we didn't really even know about. And, 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 you know, they're a bit unusual and, and I, and I know a little bit, but, but really honestly, I just don't meddle with it. It's nothing to do with me. Say, well, is God with them or God not with them? I don't know. I just, nothing to do with me. I'm not going to meddle with that. God, I'm, I'm following God, my direction. But man, I'm busy. I, I'm consumed. I, this little head is swimming with, with things it needs to do already. I don't need to be meddling with things that don't pertain to me. And, uh, and, and aren't you busy enough with your own life? You know, I don't need to be meddling with someone else's family. And, uh, and, and saying, well, you know, what are you doing with that God? And, and uh, I don't know what he's doing, but it's nothing to do with me. And, and he is doing things. Boy, I, I, you know, there's stuff happening, folks, around the world that is not given to us to to see all that and to understand. But but I can tell you this: God is at work much more than you realise He's at work. I mean, I mean, and and it's not saying that we are we are failing because we don't see all that. We're not meant to see all that because God realised we have limitations of ability and concentration. And what he's asking us to do is, you know, Wayne, follow me, walk this way. And I'm walking saying, what is that? What are all those people? What, what is, what is that, Wayne? Don't meddle with that. Okay. And I just need to keep going. And you get a little bit further on and you come to the Moabites and what is that? How, how long have they been there? And what is all that about? Don't, 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 don't distress them, Wayne. Don't, don't, don't distress them. Don't, don't, don't get involved with that. Just follow me and do what I've asked you to do. And, uh, and you just follow the direction. And, uh, and that's the first thing I see here is that, is that, you know, we're just not to meddle with these things as we, as we come across them. I'm not a commentator on global Christianity. You know, I'm not a commentator on everything that God is doing or not doing somewhere. It's really not given to me. My task is to follow God in the direction that he's given me for the few short years I have here. And uh, and to keep my eyes on him, and uh, when he says go, go, and just, you know, the truth of it is, along the way of life, uh, you're going to see some things, uh, and, and, and it's legitimate to pass by them, but it is not legitimate to meddle with it. You You are not erring because you go past it. It was in the way. It was just there. You didn't detour, but you're not to meddle with it. Let it go. 
and uh, and level on. And and so that's what he said to them here. He said, uh, just just keep moving, keep keep moving, keep moving past that. Uh, there are things as you as you go on your journey uh, that are going to intersect you on life, and uh, they're going to come to you. But that doesn't mean they are for you. Let me say that again. In the journey of following God, uh, there are going to be things that will intersect your pathway. You're going to see on the way. And they are there and they're curious and they're interesting. But it doesn't mean they're for you. And, and that's what you've got to understand. Is that there are some things uh, I will see, but I've got to be able to discern God's leading in my life. And I've got to understand that everything I see along the way, though some of it is curious and uh, some of it could be, uh, you know, I think God is doing something with all of that. That is not given to me. I just need to keep, keep following God, just keep going on. There's some people I might meet in my life and uh, they're just there and, uh, and uh, they're there for a time, but it doesn't mean I'm to stop there. Keep moving. Don't park it in a place where God says, what are you doing stopping here? This is not yours. This is not for you. I've got something better for you. You, you don't, you don't, you don't park it here. You need to keep going. And, uh, and yes, I know what you can see out the corner of your eye and, and I understand that and, uh, but you just need to, you just need to keep going. I remember the first uh, trip I ever took to Papua New Guinea. And I love the brethren in Papua New Guinea and I have uh, some wonderful friends there. And the first trip I ever took in, I was quite apprehensive about taking that trip. And uh, finally, I sort of felt led to go and I went there. And we had a wonderful four or five days of meetings in that local church in Medang, uh, in Papua New Guinea. And, and it was just a wonderful service and, and, uh, and clearly God was moving and people were touched and and uh, there was a lot of younger men there at the time, young Papua New Guinea men. And, uh, and you know, it was just a lot of things I could tell you about how it all, um, the, 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 the presence of God there and all of that. And uh, one of the pastors said to me, he said, you know, he said, Brother Shemish, he said, the thing we lack is we don't have a, a man here to teach the word of God. And he said, we have all these, all these, Men just wanting someone to teach them. And he said, I can only go this far and, and we just don't have anyone. And honestly, I looked at them all and, and, and I felt moved. I felt moved. And I flew back to Australia and, uh, and I prayed. I prayed. God. Now, no one, no one knew I prayed this prayer. My, my, uh, I don't believe I told my wife even. I didn't tell anyone else, but I prayed. I said, God. And it was a sincere prayer. Do you want me to go to Papua New Guinea? I'll go. If you want me to go, I'll go. Probably four or five years into our ministry in Australia. Do you want me to go to Papua New Guinea? I said, Lord, I'm going to pray about this for seven days. And I said, now, Lord, the only way I know how to do this for you to confirm this, it may not be the best way, but it's a way I know, is that, is that if you want me to go there and spend my life in Papua New Guinea, uh, then you just have him call me in this next week. And if he calls me and asks me to come, I'll go and I'll take it from you. I meant to be there. But I never told him that. 
and I mean, I was, I was very serious. My family don't know how close they came to growing up in Medang, Papua New Guinea. And I prayed for seven days and he didn't call. And that was it. It was done. And here's what God was saying, Wayne. I took you by that and that touched you, but you weren't meant to park it there. That, that was, that was just something that intersected you on the way. And it was a blessing, and I hope I was a blessing, but I wasn't meant to park it there. I was meant to keep going. And, and, and you say, what are we, what are we, what are we going for? We're, go, we're going on, we're going on for the thing that God has for us. We don't want somebody else's land. Uh, 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 we, we don't want to say, well, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have anything. Maybe I'll just, I'll just take that. Uh, what God has for us, is far better than what he had for Esau and what he had for the descendants of Lot. Hey, hey, you and I, we're not the Moabites and we're not the descendants of Esau. We're the people of promise that he called out of Egypt. And he told us that he's got an abundant, blessed place for us. And, uh, and we don't want to trade that off or, or, uh, or, or try to park it there and take somebody else's land. And I'm just saying that if you follow God, he'll get you to the place of blessing in your life where he does have a land of milk and honey, where God has an abundance stored up and your name's on it. But my goodness, don't park on the way there. Don't stop. Don't meddle with someone else's possession. Get on with what God has for you and move on. But we get tempted to take it or, or look at it. You say, what, what's, what drives that in us? Well, we just get tempted because... We're there and it's there. And you're there and it's there. I mean, we're just here and I find myself looking at the the Mount of Seir and and I'm here and it's there. And that can just, if you're not careful, you grab things like that, but they're not given to you. He's not given to you. You just passed him on the way. Yeah, yeah, but, but I was there and he was there. Mm. But that doesn't mean it's yours. That possession belongs to someone else. She's not yours. No, no, no. You're not supposed to stop there. But I don't, I don't have anything. But you will. But you will. But I, but I, but I don't have anything. And when I, when I don't have anything, you know, I'm tempted just to take something. Any port in a storm. Just, just give me something. No, 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 no. God is not the just give me something God. God has something better for you. God has something promised for you. God has something that's been worked on for you for a long time. And God's going to lead you to that place of blessing. And all you need to do is follow God. And uh, when your vision starts getting a little bit off, don't meddle. Don't meddle with that. And to get over here and you want to get involved, don't distress them. You keep going where God has you to go. There's a lot of distress and a lot of meddling caused by people who took their eyes off where God was leading and got caught on the peripheral vision. We just need to keep going and and, and listen to God and follow God. And we get tempted because we're there and it's there. And we get tempted because we don't have and it is. Because we don't have, but it is. And I just want something and we think, well, I'll just, just take that. No, 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 walk on. Walk on. Yours is coming. 
Don't, don't take that. Don't, don't get your eyes on that possession. That's not yours. God's got something better for you. Yeah, brother, show me, so I don't have anything, but you will. You will. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but they've got that mountain and they've got that place and, and, and I, you know, I just feel awful because the descendants of Esau have got theirs and the descendant of Lot have got theirs and I just, I, I don't have anything. I just want to take something. Don't do it. Don't just take something. Wait. God has something exceedingly better for you. God has a promised place. God is going to give you much more than that. And you need to believe God. And you need to go on. And, and, and come and, 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 and receive it. You know, so often we, we fail at faith and we fail at following. And we just need to, we just need to hang on to that and, 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 and don't, don't uh, trade out what you can get by sight versus what needs to be received by faith. Because the faith blessing always exceeds the sight. The, the, the faith, the faith blessing. What God's got around the corner is always far better than just what you pass on the journey. We've got to be discerning about that and, uh, and be following God and not, not get distracted or turn off in that way. You're not Esau. You're not Lot. They have their reward in full. But you have something more. You're the child of promise. You're the one that God intervened in your life and pulled you out of slavery. You're the one that God in it. God worked wonders to get you where you are. God, God has got some great things planned for you. Uh, They have their reward in full. But yours is coming. Your cup runneth over. Don't trade out on sight what God has for you by faith. But God did say in verse number 6, verse number 5, He said, Meddle not with them, I'll not give you of their land. But in verse number 6, you can buy meat. You can get water. You can do that. Say, so what? Brother, what's He saying? He's saying that when you go through that, you can get something out of that, but don't park it there. When you pass through that, you can get something out of it, but you don't stop there. That thing is just there to, you, you, you gain something. You gain something. You can gain something from them, but you're not them and you can't be like them. You've got something more than that. Oh my. I remember when I was just a teenage boy, grew up in a home where, you know, it was just a lot of violence and awful things happening and it was very distressing from, from just a young child, I remember it. And, uh, and it was very distressing. And one day I, I met a girl in our town and uh, she invited me over to her family and uh, they were Christians also. And uh, that, that family, that family for years, they provided some things for me. So, so what do you mean? I mean on the nights when it was just so crazy at home and There'd be bottles breaking and furniture upturned and cussing and violence and, and just, it was just awful, awful. Uh, I could retreat to their place. They said, you can come, you can, you can just stay on the couch anytime you want. And, and many a time it just got too much. I'd 
get onto my bike and ride through the night and get to their house. No invitation was needed. They just provided that. And I'd just lay on the couch and and I'd sleep well simply because I wasn't where I was a few moments before. Simply because I knew here that there wasn't going to be the sound of screaming and yelling and fighting and bottles breaking and people hurting and, and furniture turned over and things broken and, and it was just it was just different. It was just there was some peace there. And God provided that for me. And I knew that their daughter, she kind of liked me and she was a nice enough girl. But you know what? That was not my inheritance. That was, God had something better for me. Those folks were a blessing, but I wasn't to park it there. I wasn't to park it there. That was just something on the way. And God said, when I lead you to your your place of promise, your blessing, you go through some things and, and yeah, you, 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 I know you see it. I know you see it, but it's not yours. I, I know it's before you and you don't yet see what I have for you. I know that you can see that by sight and you have to believe me by faith. And I, I know what that does to you, but don't don't park it there. You can get something out of that. Well, I've been some places in Thailand and Bangkok and, and, uh, and, uh, and I've been some places where, where I could, I could visit and, and I got something out of that, but I wasn't to park it there. There's been some people who've come to our ministry that, that sort of came to me along the way and, 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 and they came out of something, but I wasn't to park where they were. And you can get something out of it in your journey. Some of those people that have crossed your path, but don't park it there. You can get out some of those experiences and, and God taught you a little bit and you learn some things and you can learn sometimes by looking at others, but don't, don't, don't park it there. God has something better for you. Better for you. And just because your heart is touched or your feelings are touched doesn't mean that that's where you're supposed to dwell. God has something better than that for you. And uh, God told them, you just got to keep on going. And I want to say, as we conclude this morning, that we need to believe God and, and believe the fact that God has something exceedingly better waiting for you, whether you see it or not. To just to just trust God and believe in in in, in God and and uh, and just just. Just keep on going. Israel had a faith difficulty. They had a difficulty believing God was trying to give them what he was going to give them. I mean, they just couldn't believe it. And I'm saying that there's sometimes, and some folks, that, that, that good just seems too good for you. But God's trying to give it to you. But you think, well, I'm, Brother Shemish, you don't know me. I'm just, I'm not worthy of that. You know, that couldn't be for me. That must be for someone else. I, I couldn't have that. No, no, you can have it. That's, that's, if God's giving it, you can have it. Brother, sister, none of us are worthy. No, not, none of us are deserving. But I was just a little boy who grew up in an alcoholic's home in the worst area of town. Uh, there were, there, none, none of us, none of us are deserving what God wants to give us. 
But don't disqualify yourself because you can't believe it. Don't disqualify yourself because you just don't have enough faith to believe it. God wants to give you blessing. God has a better thing for you. And don't park it at some second-rate place just because you're there when God is trying to lead you on to something a whole lot better. Boy, those, those, those grapes that they brought in, they had to carry them on a staff. I can't imagine a, a cluster of grapes that big. Probably looked at that and said, oh, yeah, it looks great. Believe me, I'd love it. But we can't have that. No, no, God, God's going to give it to you. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think we could ever have that. Well, that how could we have that? Those other people, they, you know, they, they must be stronger. They must be better. That's why they have that. No, no. The people who have the blessing will tell you it came by faith and it came by grace and and strength and deserving and worthiness had nothing to do with it. It was just all of God and he just sent it our way and we just need to receive it. We need you need to have faith that God has a good thing for you. Don't 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 take that thing that you you see when you just know that, that God's got something better than that. Don't park it there. Don't stop there. Say, well, this is just my life. Doesn't need to be. Doesn't mean to. Hey, turn on the engine, wind up the window, sister, and get moving. God has something better for you. Doesn't need to be. You just gotta get, you just gotta move on. Get going. And get on to what God has. And get to the place of promise. And don't trade it out for the the visible. I said to Joe yesterday, I said, Joe, you never would have believed what God has done for you. He said, I never would have believed it. I said, Joe, if I tried to tell you, if I tried to tell you eight, ten years ago, Joe, God's going to give you this and this and this, you just wouldn't have believed it. Ask him, he'll tell you, I just wouldn't have believed it. And God has poured abundant blessings on him. His family, his beautiful wife, his beautiful children... Uh, the, the men of God, the places of God he's got to go, and other things the mercies of God have given him. None of us are worthy of that. None of us are worthy. He would have struggled at that because he would have said, but I have no education. I'm not like the Bangkok people. I never grew up like that. I didn't go to those universities. I don't have any of that. I, I don't think God is going to do that for me. Oh, oh, my, yes, he will. Yes, he will. Joe, don't... Don't park it, Nissan, Joe. God's got something better than that for you. Joe, don't park it at you if you didn't have a good education. Don't stop there, son. God's got something better for you. Don't park it there. Well, I just belong here. No, no, no. No, you don't. No, no. You, you're the one that he called out of slavery. You're the one that he worked wonders to get to this place. What he's begun, he promises to finish. And you just need to keep going. And receive it, what God has for you. We all feel we're not worthy. Keep on walking. Amen. Keep on believing. Don't stop. Don't, 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 uh, don't, don't park it at Esau. Don't park it at Mount Seir. Don't worry about the Moabites. Don't meddle with that. Something far better is coming to you. You're a child of promise. I want to conclude with reading you a verse that you might know, but it's encouraging. Jeremiah chapter 29. 
Verse number 11, God spoke this to a people who were somewhat downtrodden and God wanted to encourage them. And I believe it's not a, it's, it's okay to, to take the thought of this for us today. Our God is this way. Verse number 11 of Jeremiah 29, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Amen. God's already thinking some things about you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. That's a hopeful end. And God said, I know what I'm thinking about you. So, oh God, I'm not thinking about myself that way. I know you're not. I'll do your thinking for you. I'll, I'll do it for you. You just follow and I'll get you there. You just, you just go. Just don't park it. Don't stop. Don't meddle. Don't distress them. Just keep on going. And God has that there for you. Well, let's have a word of prayer.